0: Hey party people. Welcome to this week's episode of Romancing Nancy Drew. I'm your host, Indy Nickerson, which stands for Nancy Drew Nickerson, as you know. Uh you can find me at that handle on Twitter and also at Romancing Nancy on Twitter. You know, if you're in the mood. Uh some housekeeping stuff before we start with this week's mystery, which is the haunted bridge. Um so this is gonna be the end of the first season. The next season is actually gonna start next week on the same schedule. And we're going to be doing five of the Nancy Drew Files. So next week, we're going to start with Secrets Can Kill, which is the first Nancy Drew Files. And you'll have a little intro episode that's going to post on Wednesday, just to give you some background about that series, because it's going to be a little bit different from this one. But anyway, the haunted fucking bridge. Okay, so this one is actually doesn't fall sequentially right after, um, Ivory Charm, which doesn't matter, honestly, in these books. It, it does not matter. Um, this one is a Mildred Wirt Benson joint, so we're back with the girls, but there's a lot of just weird political stuff going on, so I'm gonna see how we do with that. So, um, this one opens with Nancy, Bess, and George at a resort. It's called the Deer Mountain Resort, which doesn't mean anything, so we don't care. They're at a resort, and they're playing golf, which, if you remember from Ivory Charm, which is the one which features the naturally occurring golf course, George is like, oh, I don't play golf. That's like one of the one sports that I do not play. Well, she plays golf in this book, because, of course, she fucking does, but Nancy, of course, because this is the way that goes here. Um, Nancy is the one who just kicks ass at golf. Because in the mystery stories, anything that Nancy tries, like, she's absolutely going to kick ass at. Unless there's some reason that she shouldn't. Like, if, you know, the f- person who wins needs to be taken out of the running because they're doing, you know, some recreational meth or some shit. So, So, Nancy is... At the place, and apparently they're holding some sort of like random golf tournament. IDK. And Nancy's like, "Oh well, I'm sure not going to qualify because apparently they have to." Play. Please note, you know this, you know this about me. I know jack shit about sports. <laughs> I understand like the mechanics of golf because of wee golf, but like. I don't know. Anyway, apparently they have to play 18 holes of golf to qualify for the tournament. Like, they have to actually count how many things they, you know, sports. Um, So anyway, so in order to do that, like, they have to actually play through all 18 holes and score something, like, turn in their score, and then everybody's ranked or some shit. Anyway, and it's like bowling, but not, except for the inverse. (laughs) So yeah, so they're playing through and um, of course, Nancy's kicking ass at it. And the other two girls are are doing like decent, I guess. I mean, they don't set fire to anything. Um, On the 16th hole, which this keeps happening, um, it's got a bunch of overgrowth and shit. And so Nancy hits the ball and she's like, ah, son of a bitch, because it goes off into the woods. And the cabbie caddy caddy the caddy that she has cabby just rolls off the tongue so much easier um the caddy she has is like yeah fuck that i'm not going in those woods and nancy's like um i'm paying you to go in the woods after the ball because apparently if you hit the ball off the course and you find the ball you can play it but if not you have to take a penalty i don't fucking know um so the caddy's like his name is sammy he's like yeah i'm not going in the woods and nancy's like uh oh, uh, okay, sure. I'll I'll go look. And he's like, "There's a ghost." And Nancy's like, "Uh huh." I I don't believe in ghosts. Like that's not a thing that I go for. So she pokes around some, can't find the ball. She's like, "Shit, this was my lucky ball. It was autographed by fill in the fucking blank." Like I, I, name a golfer. It's fine, but apparently everybody she mentions this to is like, "Oh my god, yes, you better find that ball." but they can't find it so she has to place any I don't know whatever the fuck but anyway so they finish up their game and Nancy just kicks ass with her score they're heading back and they see Mortimer Bartescu who I guess I'll refer to as Morty I mean I hate him he's not it um but the girls all hate him as well they're like he is just such a douchebag and they don't want to be around him they don't want to, they don't want anything to do with this asshole but apparently, as soon as he met them, he was, like, immediately smitten with them. Especially Nancy, of course. Because she is, like, catnip to assholes. So, ew. That's a terrible mental image, too. <laughs> anyway. So, they see him, and they're like, is there any way we can avoid seeing him? But apparently, he spots them before they can get away, or whatever the fuck. Like, this happens several thousand times during this book. Like, he, he sees them, and he makes a beeline for them, and they're like, "Can can we fake an alien abduction? But... He's like, oh my gosh, you are so going to qualify because you are the fucking best. And Nancy's like, on the one hand, you are correct. On the other, can you please get the fuck out of my way? Like, she is very coldly polite every time she interacts with this asshole. But, like, clearly is like, I just, I wish that you would just spontaneously catch on fire without me having to do anything. Like, I just wish that would be a thing that would happen for you. Um, They hate him and they talk amongst themselves and they're like, I mean, I don't know why. And I'm like, because he's a fucking incel. But it's partially also because they suspect that he is pretending to know people and have influence and he doesn't, which again, is kind of interestingly classist. Um, Spoiler, by the end of this thing, we figured out that he is basically like a pickup artist Like, he really wants to get in Nancy's pants, but he also, he also figures out that she's a detective and that the best way to kind of, like, get with her would be to maybe create some sort of mystery around him so that she would then become, like, kind of obsessed with him, which is what he sets out to do. And, of course, Nancy does not know this about him because she doesn't understand the concept of pickup artists. He is ahead of his time that way. Anyway, um, he's white because he would have to be it to get away with all this and he's at a rather ritzy resort he also in the course of talking to the girls during one of the conversations is like i played golf with the prince of wales and i wiped the floor with him and the girls are like oh, fuck no you didn't like they're no you didn't no part of that sentence was true except for maybe the word fuck um yeah they just absolutely loathe this douchebag as they should um but Nancy notices that, like, he's he's also going to compete in the tournament if he possibly can. So he's going out to get his own qualifying number, uh, like I said, it's Chinatown. Um, but he's like, oh, my gosh, we should go to the dance tonight because there's going to be a dance here. And Nancy's like, there is one man that I dance with, and he is not you. But whatever. So they go back to their room. And Nancy's like, well there's something fishy about him, like, I want to figure this out, I I don't, I don't know what his deal is, so, okay, I guess we'll go to the dance with him, because apparently Bess and George have already been asked, because, of course, they are happening ladies, and so Nancy's like, oh, okay, fine, fine, we'll, we'll, we'll go, we will go to the dance, fuck, so they get dressed up, Nancy's dad is away at this point, like, technically nancy is at the resort to help her dad with a thing but she does not yet know what the thing is and they're kind of actually stranded there like it it says several times during the text that nancy doesn't have access to her own car which again with the weird car situations what what the fuck are you doing anyway so they go to the dance um Yeah. Okay. I'm trying to make sure because there's an instance where he sends flowers, but it hasn't happened yet. Um, They go to the dance and Nancy goes and dances with Jackass. And he actually takes her out on the patio, like outside the dance. And she goes out with him just to see if he is going to like spill anything. Because one weird thing that she noticed about him is that his signature and the the book where you actually sign into the hotel looks different from the signature that, that was on a note that he sent her, which like, so she's like, is he a forger? Like she's definitely interested in that because again, she doesn't know that he's a fucking pickup artist. Um, So she goes outside with him to be like, Oh, well, I, I'm a fan of handwriting and I think it does, a, tells a person a lot about their personality. And he's like, you are so sexy. And he like comes toward her and she's like, fuck no. And she actually like backs away from him to the point that she actually falls down and sprains her fucking hand. And you're like, no part of that was expected. And honestly, like within the context of the book, and this is interesting because I was thinking about it the other day, Um, earlier today, today has been 47 days long. Um, Nancy is Within the context of these books, not presented as the damsel in distress very often, and if she is, she is the person who gets herself out of it. So, I'm. There's not really a clear reason that she needs her hand sprained. I'm. Plot wise, I can't even actually think of anything other than the fact that it. She, of course, this is not even a fucking spoiler. You've been here long enough to know how this is going to go. She wins the fucking golf tournament despite the fact that her fucking hand's been strained, sprained, like of course she does. Like, it's, it's partially like a, I can whip your ass with one hand tied behind my back, quite literally. But anyway, so she sprains her fucking hand. Um, she goes up to her room and she's like, no, it's fine. It's fine. I, I'm i fine. And her dad, her dad has come back to the hotel by that point. And he's like, no, we're gonna get a doctor up here. She's like, well, I mean, I've sprained hands before. I know how this goes. But she's also upset because she's afraid that it's going to, of course, kick her out of the tournament because she has been told that she qualifies. And even though like she was very low key about it at the beginning of this thing, she by this point, she's like, I will literally die if I cannot compete in this casual golf tournament. And you're like, for what? And at one point, somebody's like, you are going to win that silver loving cup. And I'm like, is, is this like a Pokemon thing where she needs to collect them all? Like, if there is a silver loving cup being offered as a reward for anything, then she is going to jump on that shit. It's cool. Anyway, so the doctor's like, okay. Yeah, you've sprained it. I'm going to, like, put some wrapping around it. Don't move it. And for, like, three days. And Nancy's like, no, that's the golf tournament. And the doctor's like... It's your hand. Don't move it. And Nancy's like, well, what if I just don't move it like all day tomorrow? Like, can you come back and look at it and maybe tell me that I can compete then? Because the doctor's like, I refuse to sign off on this sh- these shenanigans. Um, but he's like, look, just hold it still and get a massage and that should help, and and that's all I can tell you. And she's like, can I possibly also get maybe something to help me sleep at one point during this book? And the doctor's like, oh, sure, yes, I'm I'm passing out sleeping pills like candy. That's fine. Um, The masseuse, the hotel masseuse, because this is the kind of fucking place they're staying at, a place that has its own masseuse, is not answering the phone. Again, it's a place that you can call a phone number and reach a masseuse. (laughs) Imagine the directory for this place. Do you need a sommelier for just some random shit? We got you. Anyway, so she tries to call the masseuse, gets no one. Um, And Bess and George are like, oh, my gosh, we'll help. And Nancy's like, you're not in any way good at this. And they're like, no, it's not. We just, we know how to do this. We just, like, are going to push at your terribly hurty body until you finally start crying. Anyway, so they find some sort of liniment, which always makes me think of horse liniment and they dump that on her and nancy's like yeah that's not great and now i'm gonna have to get my hair done and also it burns as though they've just dumped some fucking there on her head and they cleaned that off and then they just like pummel her mercilessly until she's like okay that i feel great now thank you bye and so that they will for the love of god stop touching her um Also, one thing that Nancy notices earlier whenever Mortimer Bartescu is signing something is she's like, he writes with the deliberation of a drunk toddler. Like, he just, he's taken, he's being very painstaking. And that's what makes her think that maybe he's forging shit. Like, maybe he's trying to disguise his handwriting because he's, there's a reason that it would be important, but Nancy's not sure what that would be. The next day, this book takes place over like five days. That's fine. Um, Carson's like, hey, let's go to the next locale, which is called Hemlock Hall. And Nancy's like, of course, of course. We're going to name everything around here about poisons. That's very Agatha Christie of us. And Carson tells her that the reason that he's called her there is that he has been working on a case. They're trying to track down some people who are stealing jewels and smuggling them. And one member of the group is a woman who has been spotted carrying around a jeweled case that has a picture of a little girl inside. And I was like, stop everything. I want to know everything about the lady thief who has a picture of a girl inside her jewelry case. And it said like girl is in like her daughter, like somebody that would be of that age, not like a girlfriend. Um, so Carson's trying to help some like the New York police detectives track this person down because apparently she's been spotted in the area and everybody's looking for her. And Carson was working with a female detective, which I was intrigued by because she's mentioned in this book and never again. Um, But she has fallen ill. And so Carson has called Nancy in to kind of help him out because Nancy, of course, can get into like the ladies lounge, the restroom and places like that, where she would be more likely to see this jeweled vanity case, which apparently, According to the context of this, sounds like very much like a jeweled makeup case, which makes it sound like is really going all out this time. And when you go in for that seven-piece bonus, you're going to get just spoiled. So, Nancy goes into Hemlock Hall looking for this mysterious one with the jeweled case and the picture of the little girl inside and does not find anyone. They go to the next place, and I can't even fucking remember the name of it, and it doesn't matter. Um, and Nancy goes into the restroom, and the one... Note from this book is that there's no one in the restroom other than the colored maid is the way that the book puts it, and like one other guest that is the only reference that we have in this book to anybody who is not white um so Nancy sees this other woman in there, and this woman takes out her jeweled vanity case, and Nancy's like, That is a boss ass vanity case. May I see it? And the woman's like, Of course." and but nancy looks at her and she's like she's white and also very sad and so i do not think that this is her like the way that she phrases it is the woman seems like very kind of melancholy and so nancy has decided that melancholy people do not commit crimes they just listen to smashing pumpkins a lot like that's that's where they live so and also there's no picture of a girl inside so nancy's like "Mm, i guess that really didn't pan out fuck So she goes to her dad and her dad's like, no, it's fine. It's fine. Um, Nancy has found out that she is qualified for the fucking golf tournament of hell. Um, (laughs) She's actually, um, she's playing through with her friends and Jackass comes over and he's like, oh my gosh, can I play with you guys? And they're like, we want nothing less than that. Okay, fine. And um, there's a lot of being polite to a guy who sets your teeth on edge because, like, that's what you've been trained to do instead of actually just telling him to fuck off, which, again, like, we're in 1937 now. It kind of makes sense that, yeah, she would be taught that, you, you know, you, you're polite to people who appear to be of your own social station, and he appears to be. He he makes it sound like he's his family's got a lot of money, that he's traveled all over Europe, he's made all these great friends, but, of course, like you know, how are you going to check that? We've got no Instagram. And that's kind of the funny thing. Um, Nancy talks to Ned on the phone later on when he calls up and says, hey, we were thinking about coming up for the weekend. And Nancy's like, that sounds fabulous. Can you find the who's who and look up Mortimer Brotesky? Because I have a feeling that he will not be listed. And Ned's like, what are you doing? Because the thing is that if Nancy's having anybody looked up in a who's who, then that's kind of an indication of interest. Like, oh, I want to see if you come from a good family, because I might want to marry into it, and so Ned, of course, is on high alert about this, because he's like, why are you having me look at this other dude, and Nancy's like, because I'm pretty sure that he's fucking lying to me, like, this, I'm not interested in him at all, like, I could not be less interested in this jackass, and Ned's like, okay, like, I want to punch him in the face for reasons, but I will look him up for you, and of course, when Ned looks him up, he's not listed, which that was their, I mean, it, it would be considered higher than Wikipedia. Like, you know, this is the crime of the crowd. This is everybody who's got like documented lineage, but it's also like very snobbish. Like I can't believe that he would have done all this and not be listed in this. Like it's very mutually exclusive and I'm sure that Nancy's listed, but anyway, um, Jackass in question actually sends her a dozen red roses the next day. And we know the language of flowers, so we know that he is expressing some romantic interest in our girl. And she, of course, looks at them. She initially thinks they're from her dad, and then she reads the card, and she's like, fuck this, no. And she So she just tosses them onto her bed carelessly. And Bess is like, oh, my God, don't throw these flowers away. They are gorgeous. And Nancy's like, they are cursed because they are from that jackass. And Bess is like, but they're so pretty, though. Like don't you want to wear them you should you should wear some you should wear some down to breakfast and Nancy's like fuck no I'm not wearing a nude breakfast if he sees me wearing the roses that he sent me he is going to get 100 percent the wrong message I do not need his incel fantasies just playing out on me and Bess is like but they're so pretty and Nancy's like if you love them so much then you and George can wear them look like that way they won't go to waste so nancy goes down to i don't remember what the fuck probably to check out the register or whatever and um she goes to the in-house florist she finds out that bartescu who was like i found the very best roses in the area for you like you ordered for the hotel gift shop like a jackass um but Nancy actually sends her friends corsages because she's like, they were so excited over my flowers. Like, I just want to do something nice for them. So she puts from a friend as the from for those. And then they get up to the hotel room and the girls are like, oh my God, somebody sent us flowers. And Nancy's like, yeah, I mean, I don't, somebody here clearly likes y'all. And they're like, you did it. And Nancy's like, yeah, I did. I'm just a little prankster. I'm just a little Loki, just in a girl body. It's fine. Um, But, yeah, one thing that was hilarious is that whenever they're playing, um, listen to me, I'm like, whatever fucking sport is in this book, um, whenever they're playing, Nancy actually, like, hits the ball, and it goes all the way up to the hole, like, to the very edge of the hole, and it doesn't go in, and Nancy's like, well, oh, well, that's how that plays. And Jackass actually goes over and jumps up and down on the ground like a fucking toddler, again, again with the toddlering. And until the ball falls in the hole. And Nancy's like, that is cheating, and I'm going to record it as though I hit it again. And he's like, you don't have to do that. And Nancy's like, but I do, because you're the worst. They actually go and find out what his score was for the tournament, and they're like, there is no fucking way he did that. Like, he is clearly lying. They hate him so much. And I'm here for it, because I love that they absolutely loathe this guy even though, again, the whole weird classist thing, but it's, it's fine, it's fine, anyway, so, um, Nancy's in the tournament, her hand, indeed, is still sprained, um, whenever the daughter looks at it, he's like, look, I cannot sign off on this, like, you really need to keep this hand still, you really do not need to do this tournament, and Nancy's like, but, but, uh, it's a tournament, and the daughter's like, Ugh. Keep it wrapped up. And Nancy's like, that's going to be a... And Bess is like, you're going to have such a handicap on your score. And I don't actually know because I don't think that Nancy declares that she has any sort of, like, physical ailment that would prevent her from participating because I think at that point they just tell her not to, which is the logical thing. Um, So I think they're just basically saying, like, you're going to be playing, like, with, like, a different skill set than everybody else is going to be playing so that's going to be bad for you like there's never any like oh well they'll just give you some free points or I don't again golf is deeply mysterious to me um starting off with why and then also why but anyway so Nancy's playing in the tournament her dad is um taking her around to places to see if she's spotting this jewel case Um, she's also trying to find the ball that she lost because that's always going to be important. So she goes into the woods with her friends. She, um, asks Sammy to, because she actually corners Sammy that same day that he tells her that the, there's uh, some ghost in the woods. And Sammy's like, yeah, there's a bridge and there's a ghost on it and you can see it through the trees and it makes this moaning sound. And it's just, no, none of the caddies will go in the woods. And Nancy's like. But there's no such thing as ghosts. So I'm going to go looking and Sammy's like, "Hey, if you if you want to be murdered by a ghost, that's on you." So Nancy goes over, sees that it's a white scarecrow, like a tattered old white scarecrow that's at the ed- edge of the bridge, and the bridge also looks super rickety, like it's just not going to carry somebody very well. And it's over a ravine, so it's not just like over a creek or anything. So they go exploring, and then they have to get back, of course, because things, and they don't find her ball. They get back again, and again, like, Bess is 100% like, can we please do literally anything else? George is like, yeah, I got this. I'm going to karate chop some shit. And Nancy's like, I'm just going to look around. Um, During one of those trips, Nancy actually is digging around because she's like, maybe the ball went in the mud at the edge of this thing. And she finds a jewel case, and she's like, I've been looking for a jewel case. This is a jewel case. Possibly the two are related. And you're like, of course they are, honey. So she takes it back to her room, washes it off, and it's brass and it's got all these things. And she eventually manages to get inside it and finds the jeweled vanity case with a picture inside. And the picture inside is of a little girl, but it's been ruined by water. So Nancy's like, this seems like a significant clue. So she takes it to her dad, and her dad's like, Okay, I have to take it to the cops in New York. Um, Bess and George, as soon as Nancy opens it, they see all the jewelry inside. and They're like, oh, my God, girl, you are rich. And Nancy's like, it's not mine. And they're like, but you found it. And Nancy's like, if I found somebody else's property, they would want it returned. It's not like if I lost my purse, I wouldn't be like, well, I hope somebody nice finds it. Like, no, I need to give it back. And they're like, oh, fucking fine. <sighs> so... Even though, in most other ways, it seems to meet the guidelines that her father gave her when he was describing this uh, bejazzled Clinique case, so her dad takes it and he brings it back and he says it meets the description of the woman's case, the one who apparently is tied up with these jewel thieves. But the rest, none of the rest of the jewelry was reported missing, which would have made a lot of sense, like if if these jewel thieves had been, like, using that as some sort of drop-off location, like, it would make sense that all the jewelry inside the case would have been stolen, but it wasn't so cool. So, Nacy's like, well, no, now I don't know what to do with it. And she's also convinced that, um, jackass is just trying to run something on her. She doesn't know. She just casually mentions this woman that she ran into. Remember the melancholy woman whose name is Margaret, but who I'm probably going to call Peggy because Peggy, of course. Um, So she casually mentions Peggy to Mortimer and Mortimer's like, oh yeah, we've, we've met. And Nancy's like, oh, how? And Mortimer's like, I don't like to kiss and tell. And Nancy's like, could you though? Like, could, could you just turn it down for just two minutes and just be a human being? And he's like, no. So, again, because he's a fucking pickup artist, anything that Nancy is interested in, he is going to also, like, pretend he knows something about, and be mysterious about, because, again, that's catnip, and she's like, he knows something, I've got to figure out what he knows, oh god, um, so there's one point, actually, where she calls up the hotel from outside the hotel, and gets him on the phone, and she's like, this is Miss Judson, and he's like, yes, and she's like, I thought we could meet because she's completely thrown off. She doesn't quite know what to say. She's trying to find Miss Judson, uh, Peggy, because she's pretty sure that she has something to do with the jewel case because she's the one who Nancy spotted who had a similar jewel case. And so she thinks that she may be involved. And Mortimer's like, well, doesn't X-Bar Gardenia still work? And Nancy's like, mumble what? And just hangs up the phone because she's like, I don't know what any of that means. And he just fucking made it up because, again, they're – It's so, like, you just, you just want to hold your head in your hands, because it's like, they're, they're stumbling around each other, and just trying to figure some shit out, and he's just an idiot, he's just a fucking idiot, but it's fine, um, so, Nancy finds out about Peggy, because she asked Sammy about it, and Sammy knows everything, Sammy is the best, um, So Sammy tells her that Peggy's house was near the golf course but it burned down a few years ago and it was a very sad story because before that she was engaged to a college professor and they were very happy together and there was her parents had died so it was just her and then the fucking house burned down and she moved away and she was very sad after that. Nancy's like, very sad, check, yes, yes, this is her. And Sammy's like, oh, well, my mom would know more about her. Because Nancy's trying to find, like, anyone who might know her whereabouts. And apparently she had a gardener. So Nancy goes to Sammy's mom's house. And that's when she finds out that Sammy is pulling down 2 to $3 a day on the golf course. Which, of course, I threw into the inflation calculator. He's pulling down, like, 35 to $55 per day on the golf course. And he's, like, 12 Again, child labor laws. Um, but hey, that's that's some good money. Like, that's, that's decent. That's decent for especially a 12 year old. But anyway, so she's like, he's the best worker of the family. And you're like, but he shouldn't need to be working. Anyway, but Sammy's mom was like, Oh, yeah, like some people thought that Peggy was all stuck up because she did not associate with people. And I know that after her parents died, like she was still living, like she had some money. And I know that she probably didn't have a ton. And Nancy's like, cool, do you know where she is? And Sammy's mom was like, no, and Nancy's like, okay, waste of my time, okay, um, do you know the gardener's name, and she's like, no, and Nancy's like, cool, fucking waste of time, cool, oh, please, at at any point, be like, and then Nancy played a golf game, and she won it, like, because that is exclusively how this game, how this book goes, like, she, of course, doesn't get eliminated from the tournament. Of course, it's always very close because she has an injured hand. Of course, she's playing against people who are, like, fucking, like, semi-professionals. And just wiping the floor with them. It's fine. That's just how we roll here. So. Um, remember how Ned called up and said that he was going to be looking up Mortimer Bartescu in the Who's Who registry? And also was going to come up for the weekend. Yes. So, he indeed comes out for the weekend. He has brought two friends with him. We do not care who they are because they're not Dave and Bert, who are the eventual later companions of Bess and George. We don't care. They're just some random people. We don't care about them. Anyway, so... The fun thing about the circumstances under which Ned arrives is that Nancy, Bess, and George, of course, are in the woods again, looking for the ball, again, looking at the hounded bridge, again, because Nancy's like, why is there a scarecrow on this bridge? Also, what's the scariest sound? Because, of course, like, Bess cannot stand it. She's like, I, I'm not here for this shit. I don't know what's happening. Um, but they spot this random old dude. Nancy, of course, went out to where the house burned, and I was like, because of course. It's like where you met Ned. It's a romantic thing for you to do. It's to just go view a burned down house. Apparently, it's just a thing that happens for you. So she goes out there. There are zero clues to be found. There's no diary or dropped ring or anything like that. So, but she does spot this old dude who she thinks might be the gardener, and again, who might know where Peggy is so she follows him but loses him and then when they're in the woods later looking for the ball slash any clues as to what the fuck's going on um they see the old dude again and so they stop and watch him to see where he goes because they don't know where he lives or who he is really and so he pulls out a gun to shoot a squirrel because of course uh, everything in that sentence made perfect sense because we're on oregon trail now Um, so he shoots at a squirrel and like something vague happens and he gets hit in the head with half of a shell from a bullet. I don't know. I don't fucking know. Like the book is really vague about it and that's fine because I don't, I don't understand anything. It's fine. But like he just gets hit in the head, falls backward. The girls are like, oh my God. So they pick him up and they take him to his cabin because, um, they did spot his cabin. And, they're like what the fuck do we do there's a storm coming and he i don't oh, fuck fuck so um george runs back to the hotel to get the doctor because of course they they can't figure out what to do for this poor guy um the doctor comes <laughs> apparently doctoring in 1937 was just based on like just general feelings and possibly also like touching the person's head, maybe doing some measurements, who knows. Um, so he says he's in a semi-coma. We're just going to see how it plays out. (laughs) And Nancy's like, that seems reasonable. Like what? Like she has a sprained hand and they're like, I guess you're just going to have to bind it up forever. And then this guy who's been hit in the head with bullet shrapnel, which the daughter does extract, so at least he does that. He's like, well, I guess time will tell. And Nancy's like, uh, okay, we're not going to take him to a hospital. And the daughter's like, no, no, hey, that would be too much for him. And so <laughs> he also, of course, takes a moment to look at Nancy and be like, have you studied nursing? Because you are a natural at it. And Nancy's like, well, thank you. Because, again, literally it would have been cooler if he had been like, you are a natural doctor, but I'll take what I can get. So, um, they can't really leave him alone. And so the girls kind of stay there in shifts and make sure he's okay. And then, um, Carson comes up and he's like, but Nancy golf tournament, like I'll, I'll sit with old dude for a while so that you can go play in the golf tournament. And Nancy's like, that is so sweet of you. Um, but also Nancy's really hoping that old dude gives away some clues because she would really like to know where Peggy is, of course. she's She goes to the hotel again, which there's... There's a day when she's playing like a qualifying round and also Jackass is playing a qualifying round and he's like, to celebrate our, our future success, like he sends her this note first thing in the morning. He's like, we will go to the dance at Hemlock Hall tonight. And she's like, first off, why don't you step the fuck off? You have no idea if I'm going to win today. Uh, I mean, although I am. Second, how dare you be like, you know, we are going, I have no interest in going to a dance with you. And then she's like, Hemlock Hall, Hemlock Hall, Hemlock Hall. <gasps> I'm going to go there and see if Peggy's there. So, Bess and George have been invited as well. Again, so they all go, and Nancy actually begs them. She's like, for the love of God, please do not let him out of your sight. Oh, my God. Like, follow the car as closely as you possibly can. Of course, this is 1937. They do not have cell phones with panic buttons where she can be like, oh, my God, my grandma just fell and I have to go. Bye. So, as soon as they get in the car... Dude, like, books it out of there at, like, 70 miles an hour, and Nancy's like, what are you doing? And he's like, I like to drive fast, and Nancy's like, can, can you not, though, because this is really pissing me off, and he's like, if you're going to be like that about it, okay, but by that point, they've already lost the other car, so Nancy's already like, if he takes me to an abandoned, burned down shack somewhere, we're going to have words, but he takes her to the hotel, to Hemlock Hall. I really wish somebody had been poisoned there. That would have been perfect. But anyway, no one is. Sad face. Um, Nancy looks around. She goes to the women's lounge. She goes around, like, talking to people. She overhears two people outside who are on the porch who are like, we have to get it back or else. And Nancy's like, I have to get what back? And no, she can't catch up with them in time to figure out who they are. And she's, like, doing everything except dancing with jackass. And so she actually comes back in at the end of it and is like... Oh hey. And he's like, I guess you really weren't the mood for dancing since we have not done so much of that. And also, as always happens with dances, um, of course, as soon as they get there, Nancy is cut in on several thousand times. Which reminds me of Ned saying that he so desperately wanted to dance with her. It's fine. Um it's okay. So yeah, they leave. Um he takes her back to the hotel, he he's like I find you fascinating. And Nancy's like, I find you the exact opposite of that, but okay. Like she loathes him. There's also a point in, um, in the book where Nancy, Bess, and George are in the woods because they spend half this book in the fucking woods looking for that ball slash the scarecrow slash the old dude. And they see that he, that Mortimer hits the ball. It goes into it's the 16th hole. So this is the same place where it happened to Nancy. He hits it into like, the wooded part of the edge sees that it fell in, like, this unplayable position and, like, scoops it out and places it in a good place to hit and then hits the ball from there, which, of course, all of the girls are completely disgusted by. Immediately they're like, he cheated! Oh, my God! He cheated! And then afterward, Nancy's like, well, are we gonna go, like, tell the tournament people about this? And all the girls are like, that's our part against his, and... I just don't want to be around him. It feels so very me too. It feels so very like, you know, this is not great and I don't like this guy and I get really bad vibes off him and I don't want to upset him because he seems like a loose cannon. But anyway, so um, Nancy has been trying to get information from old dude, which she finds out his name is Joe. This is the guy who she thinks may have been the gardener. And then she finds a picture in his belongings that says, like, to Joe from your favorite Peggy or whatever. And she's like, is this Peggy? And he's like, Peggy, I tried to find it for you. I'm so sorry. And he's like, find what? And he's like, so she just, she can't get it out of him. Then Ned and his friends come and they are shown to the cabin. And Ned's like, So you found an old dude. Nancy's like, I did. I did indeed find an old dude. Like, this is what I'm here for. This is my calling in life is to find old dudes who have been hit with a head injury and know something crucial about a case I'm working. And that's like, this is on brand for you. So what the guys, (laughs) this was the fucking stupidest thing, but it was so cute. Um, The guys are like, well, I mean, like we can care for the old dude who I've, somehow forgotten to mention this has a bunch of fucking wild animals outside including a young mountain lion he's got them in cages because apparently he's just into studying animals and you're like in a serial killer way that involves like some light taxidermy but apparently no he's just like it's his hobby is studying animals and plants i mean he's a gardener so the plants thing makes sense but like the fucking mountain lion thing because apparently, like, occasionally they'll hear, like, this blood-curdling scream from outside. And Bess is like, what the fuck is that? And Nancy's like, I'll go check it out because I have a death wish. And so she goes out there and finds the young mountain lion. <laughs> so before they leave, they do tell the guys, like, oh, by the way, um, there's some wild animals out back. And you will need to take care of them. <laughs> and that's like what the fuck do you even feed a mountain lion? And Carson's like, I will just call a grocery store and have a bunch of raw meat delivered. And you're like, I have so many follow-up questions. What? Where are you going to store it? Also, what? But anyway, but not just is like, it's fine. I mean, we couldn't have stayed at that fancy resort anyway. It would have been cost too much money for us. Because the series is kind of weird in in that it plays with, like, Ned's a broke college student. Like, the trope that he falls into is broke college student, but with a rich family. Like, they're definitely not hurting, and they have a thousand vacation homes. So, like, he's like, oh, no, it's fine. So, it very much strikes me as a whole cute, like, because I want to do you a favor, and, you know, and also, like, the thought of Ned like, helping out this old dude, because he knows that he's, this is important to Nancy's case, and because he's a good person, like, yes, because you can imagine that Mortimer would be like, I will take care of him day and night, and then as soon as Nancy leaves, he would just walk out and be like, bye, bitch, so it's cute. I love you, Ned. I love you. Um. Eventually, during this Carson does take pity on Ned. He's like, look, I'll watch the old dude so you and Nancy can, like, go do something fun. And Ned's like, finally, thank God. Like, we've been dying in there. So they make plans to go to a dance because, of course, they do. Hello. That is why we are here. Um, In the meantime, Nancy's still trying to track down Peggy. Um, she knows that Peggy was engaged to a professor, so she finds out that part of his name was blah, blah, I can't remember what it was. Um, she goes to the local university and she finds three people who have a name that sounds kind of like that name. The first two are a complete bust, like one is super old and one is already married, and so she's like, it's neither one of you, it's, it's gotta be the third guy who was into plants, like, zoo." So, but I don't know. Anyway, he's into plants. Um, <laughs> So Nancy actually asks somebody else she runs into. She's like, oh, my God, do you know where this guy? Is? And they're like, well, if you don't find him here, then you can find him here. And, like, he's been super sad since his fiance broke off things with him. And Nancy's like, bingo. So she actually leaves a note for him but doesn't find him. I don't remember what the fuck... I don't remember how the fuck that dude gets there. I also don't remember his name because he's in the book for like 12 seconds. Anyway, um, the guy in question. We, we will just call him the guy, in qu- the professor. Um, so yeah, Nancy's left a note for the professor. She has to get back and get ready for the dance. And she's like, Ned, look, I know that you have been literally dying to see me in formal clothing so that you can think about stripping it off me later, but can we possibly work on my mystery? And Ned's like, we can always go to dances. Your mystery is more important right now. And you're like, this is why you are the MVP of this film in every possible way. So Ned agrees to go like flitting about the countryside, seeing if they can figure out where the fuck Peggy is so that they can see if she's been involved in all this. Um, Nancy has received this mysterious note that says, "This is Miss Judson, and I've I've found out that she wanted to get in touch with me, and I want you to leave a note in the hand of this statue in the garden." And Nancy's like. I don't know what the fuck any of that means. And it also sounds super suspect. So she and Ned go out there. They see the fountain. And Nancy's like, I guess I'm going to have to like fucking wade into this fucking fountain to put a note in there. And Ned's like, what what are you going to say in your note? And Nancy's like, nothing. I think this is bullshit. I'm just going to leave a blank piece of paper up there. And we're going to see who retrieves it. Because none of this makes sense. By this point, also, Carson is like... I don't think that, like, this jewel case is really involved, like, I'm gonna tell the cops in New York that this is bullshit, and you're like, I love everything you're doing here, Carson, you're doing some good stuff, so, um, Nancy and I'd wait for, like, a good solid, like, two hours, and... Mortimer more Bartescu comes, like, fishes the note out and opens it up and crumples it up. And and they're like, okay, so that makes sense. like. And Nancy's like, well, I mean, it's possible that Peggy sent him to pick up the note, but it's also a lot more likely that he's just fucking with me. And Ned's like, I'm going to go with the latter pretty hard. Um, There's one point in the book where they're, like, they leave a... Remember when Nancy calls and she's like, let's meet at the usual place. And so they decide to follow him to see if he actually goes like where he's gonna go meet with her. And so he goes to a movie theater, parks, and vanishes inside. Nancy goes in after him to see if she can find him. He's not there. When she comes out, she finds that her car, the car that she arrived in, which is Ned's car, actually is gone. And Mortimer Bartescu's car is also gone. And she's like, huh. Okay. Um, So then Ned pulls up, because Bess and George traced him back to the hotel and then they sent Ned to pick up Nancy and Nancy's like I don't I think he's just fucking with me like everything that he's doing I think he's just he knows that I'm investigating this mystery and so he just is being a bitch um during one of the rounds of the (laughs) my brain just filled in 17 other different sports it was like is it tennis is it volleyball I don't golf it's a golf tournament um during one round of the golf tournament, Nancy hits the ball into the woods. It actually lands in a good place. So she she is able to actually hit it up to the tree line and then hit it out again. So without losing a something. Um, at the end of it, like they get to the end of the 18th hole of that round and they're both tied. So then they have to go play again until somebody wins. And so Nancy wins on the 19th hole. But the fuck-up is on the 16th hole. Um, So the person that she's going up against actually goes and complains to the tournament authority. She's like, she cheated because she hit the ball into the woods, and I know that she did. She would have, like, had to hit it more times than she says she did. And so Mortimer Bartescu, of course, hears about this, and he comes up and he's like... I was walking through the woods, and I saw her hit it, and it was exactly like she said, and you can just shut up, and Nancy's like, oh, thank you, like, you're actually a human being for, like, 12 seconds, that's, that's super awesome, and then afterward, of course, she tracks down his alibi and founds out that he was, like, sitting at the soda fountain in the hotel the whole time, like, there's no fucking way that he saw how she hit the ball of, or if anything, and she's like, I really hate him, like, I get that he was he probably trying to ingratiate himself with me but for fuck's sake like if I can track down his alibi or lack thereof like come on but anyway and apparently he was sitting at the soda fountain trying to compose a telegram and the guy who was there who Nancy questions is like oh yeah he was trying to do a telegram here it is I found it you want to see it and Nancy's like no because she's a good person who doesn't read other people's telegrams even though when the little boy like waves it in front of her like a fucking flag she's like it says peggy's name on it and then she's like but i'm not gonna look at it because that would be an invasion of privacy and you're like just fucking read it because also he's pickup artisting and he's just gonna write some stuff on there like she is the mother of my love child or some bullshit but anyway it's fine nancy never actually sees the contents of the telegram and they don't actually fucking matter. Um, we're cool. So, at the end of this thing, Nancy has at a Hemlock Hall. She has not found the person that she's looking for. She's feeling, Ned's there with her. She's feeling pretty discouraged by all this. And she's she looks at Ned and she's like... I feel like I'm going to find her tonight. I feel like it's, like, deeply important that I find Peggy tonight. I just, I just don't know. I, and that's like, if you feel like you're going to find her, like, I, I thought you weren't into hunches, and Nancy's like, I'm not, but I just, like, her story is so sad, and I really want to reunite her with her fiancé, and, like, I, I don't know what's going on with her. I don't know why she's so melancholy. I don't know why she keeps listening to the Smashing Pumpkins over and over, and just dwelling in her misery. So, Um, she knows that apparently Peggy has just been like around this location because when she talked to Nancy, she's like, oh yeah, I used to live around here. And so Nancy's like, okay, so if this is true, but she's like, from all the clues that she's getting, it sounds like she's not found a really good place to stay. Like it's possible that she's maybe rented somewhere close by. Because Nancy can't find her anywhere else. And so she and Ned fucking call up real estate agents. And again, it's, it's during a dance. It's like 8, 9, 10 o'clock at night. They call up real estate agents until they find somebody who's like, oh, yeah, I rented a house to her. And they're like, yes. And so they actually fucking drive to that house. The lights are off, and Nancy's like, fucking hell. But then Peggy shows up. Like, she drives into the driveway and turns on the light in the house. And Nancy's like, now's our chance. So she and Ned go up to the door and Peggy's like, oh, I'm not, I'm not buying any encyclopedias. And Nancy's like, no, no, I'm just, are you Peggy? And Peggy's like, yeah. And Nancy's like, so funny story. Um, I think I found something that belongs to you. And Peggy's like, oh my God. And like burst into tears because here's Peggy's backstory. I know that you were desperately waiting for it. You're like, I want to know why she's so sad. Can she just simply stop listening to the Smashing Pumpkins? Like, is that an option or is it? the only thing that will work in her DVD player. Anyway, Peggy, um, ran into somebody when she was in Europe and invited that person back to her house, as you do, like, who doesn't meet somebody in Europe and then be like, we should be besties from here on out. So she invites her back to her house. I don't fucking remember her name and it doesn't fucking matter. Um, she invites her back. Um, they are, of course, are talking about jewelry and you're like, I see where you're going with this. The A plot and the B plot are about to cross over, and you're like, you are correct. Um, so this house guest is really into jewelry, and Peggy's like, oh my god, I have some jewelry, and so she brings out the jewelry to show it to her new best friend, um, and she doesn't put it back in the safe, and then later on that night, the house fucking catches on fire, and Peggy gets out of the house with, like, as she can't carry very much, she gets out with her jewel case and the jeweled vanity case that her house guest let her look at. So she managed to save that from the fire, but she got disoriented and didn't know what the fuck was going on and dropped it. The house guest found Peggy and said, if you don't give me back my jewel case, I'm going to fucking murder you. Like she demands $3,000, which is like $50,000 now. I think it's somewhere around there. Anyway, Like, she says that that was what the case was worth, and Peggy's like, I mean, I guess it was. I don't know. I mean, I went to the gardener and I asked him if he could look around the the house and see if he could maybe find the jewel case so that I wouldn't have this woman accusing me of being a thief, because the woman, of course, is like, you stole it, and you're a terrible person, and I'm going to tell everybody, and so she's basically been trying to blackmail Peggy over this. Um... And then Nancy's like, have you heard of Mortimer Bartescu? And Peggy's like, I mean, yeah, who hasn't? But, I mean, I don't think he's involved in this. And Nancy's like, okay, cool, carry on. Um, So part of the reason that she actually, that Peggy broke things off with her fiance was that people would think that maybe she was a thief. And that made her really upset. And so this has been going on for like fucking two years now. Like, this has been hanging over her head. And she's just been really sad and upset about it like she doesn't know what to do, she just, she's like, I have to find it, and she just can't find it, and Nancy's like, spoiler alert, I think I did, Um, so yeah, yeah, cool, cool beans, Um, so of course, they go back to the hotel, and they're super excited that they've actually found Peggy, and they're like, come see the gardener, he's been asking about you, it's fine, Um, also, there's a point in the book where Nancy and Bess are talking, and Bess is like, I've been trying to read this book, and I just cannot get into it, and Nancy's like, oh, okay, and she, like, expresses some interest, and Bess fucking throws the book at her, which hits her in her fucked up wrist, and Bess is like, oh my god, I thought you were gonna catch it, I'm so sorry, and Nancy's like, it's fine, like, through clenched teeth, because her wrist, of course, is fucking killing her at this point, so she has to play the last round with her wrist, like, on fucking fire, because she's, like, injured it so much during this fucking book, so, Peggy comes to the gardener's hut, um, the professor comes to the gardener's hut, because the professor is his uncle, like, the professor knows the gardener, because the gardener is his uncle, so, and of course, they both are interested in wild plants and wild animals, and also Peggy, so, that's how they first met and everything so they see each other and Peggy bursts into tears she's like I'm so sorry and he's like I love you and Nancy's like this is the best day ever um yeah it's super cute and also Ned's there to witness it because of course he is um so yeah at the end of it Nancy gives back Peggy's jewel case the gardener is comes out of his semi-coma (laughs) the daughter did, like, jack shit to help him out with, um, the scarecrow, they found out that the ghost, quote-unquote, the scarecrow that's out there, it was just so that the gardener could scare people away from his wild animals, because if anybody approaches his cabin, like, the wild animals get upset, which, of course, they do, they're fucking wild animals, what are you doing, pinning them up, so many follow-up questions, what is wrong with you, um, So, yeah, he just set the scarecrow out there to make sure that nobody would come over to investigate his little hut. And also, part of the bridge washes out during this book, and the boys have to put it back together. And it's just weird. And Nancy figures out that the weird moaning sound is because of the way the trees are rubbing together. And there's nothing supernatural about this case whatsoever. And Nancy wins the tournament, and the day is saved. And, oh, also, of course, they get the woman who they're like, oh, we found the jewel case. Nancy gets um, Peggy to send a note to the woman to say, I found the jewel case and and I'm going to give it to you. So the house guest and her companion turn out to be part of the gang of jewel thieves, which they kind of got like roped into it somehow. It's kind of vague. And also the picture that was in the jewel case was of her child. And so Nancy's like, well, if you turn state's evidence, like, you might be able to get off with good behavior, IDK. But anyway, so the day is saved thanks to the Powerpuff Girls, <laughs> <laughs> which honestly I always thought looked like Nancy, Bess, and George. Like I was like, it maps on really well, y'all. It's so cool though. Um. So yeah, that's that's how that played out. And at the end of it, Mortimer more Bartescu admits to Nancy that he's just been fucking with her this whole time, like having picking up the phone and saying mysterious things into the phone when he's in her earshot just to fuck with her like pretending that he has different handwriting just to fuck with her like oh there is this ridiculous b-plot while nancy's away from the hotel that um george hears somebody in the next booth basically talking about somebody who forged something and enough of it sounds similar to Marta Barbatescu that they like fucking tackle him to the ground lock him into the like The pro shop, I guess, like the place where they keep all the golf clubs or whatever the fuck. And then they call the hotel security, and they're like, "We've found the forger." And they're like, "Oh my god, he found him." And then they're like, "He's not the forger." And George and Bess are like, "He's not." And they're like, "No, good job." So yeah, which he says threw off his game so much the next day that that's why he lost the tournament. But of course, Nancy wins hers because. Again, you've been here for long enough, you know how this shit works. She gonna win. She's always gonna win. There's never a place that she doesn't win. The weird thing that I was thinking about that is kind of not really connected to this at all is that whenever Nancy and the Hardy Boys are working together, which cannot canonically work happen within the files, um, there is a book called Nancy and the Hardy Boys Meet Dracula, which I found when I was in the European when when I was doing some stuff over in Europe, and I was like, really? And it's just bonkers. But anyway, they, authors, some authors don't know what to do with Nancy when she's working with the Hardys, and so they turn her into the damsel in distress, which is completely against type for her. Like, I just want to point that out for this book. She's working through her wrist injury. She's fending off the advances of this pickup artist. She's just... She's trying to figure out whether she can get Peggy back together with her fiance because she knows that that would make her happy like she's just doing a lot here y'all she's she's doing a lot of work, and Carson at the end of it is like, "You did good and and I'm sure that you know we've found as much of the jewel thieves as we possibly can, and you're like, just stop doing the cops' work for them, like seriously, just it's okay, y'all, y'all." just just chills okay but anyway so that's it for this week and like I said next week we're going to start on the files. so we're going to do five files we're going to start off with secrets can kill which oh my god 80s I'm so excited for you so I guess I'm going to go with stay sleuthy my friends even though that sounds kind of dirty but go with that for this week stay sleuthy